So speaking of, we were talking about the the like Impossible Burger. Someone pointed out that like Taco Bell could stop serving meat tomorrow, but would anyone notice? <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that was one of the first things we did with like the. I think it was Beyond Meat we did it with. Was McTacos. Mm. Yes. At least if they use but, that meat. If they use Impossible Meat, I still got to find... For me, the problem with Impossible Meat is I can get Impossible Burgers, like pre-made patties. Yeah. But finding just Impossible Ground. You can chop up the burgers, I mean... Yeah, but you're paying more for, like, the pre-made patties. Like, yeah, but you can still kick the shit out of them until they're ground meat. Oh, I know, but it's like... They're not cheap. Picture Andy just kicking the shit out of like some burgers. <laughs> yeah, give me no, treating them like he's Luke Kang. Give me a meat tenderizer and yeah, go to town. Fireball those their asses just to heat them up like <laughs> flame broiled whoppers, man. This is what I do with my Orcana. Fireball. <laughs> yeah, one one goes flying out. You know, I'm like, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Brad Guy into Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Libick. Joining me for this episode are three podcasters representing Earthrealm. First up, Andy No-Note Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next, we have Mike Rare Achievement Bradley. Okay. I you, I was hoping you were going to get like Mortal Kombat-esque in our description, but okay. This is as good cool. as I get right now. That's me. And finally, Ian the Dream Killer, Lydic. Okie dokie, Boomer. B-O-O-M-E-R. Please, your dusty mood don't vibe with me. You are old, and so therefore, I must say, 10-4, dinosaur. <laughs> I, is that from something? I, I, never, I can never get your references. They usually go over my head. I don't think he's going to answer. I, yeah, I, I think we're just meant to assume he made that up himself. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know one way or the other, and that's, that's why I, I have to ask. I mean, I'd be much more impressed if he did than if he recited it. I mean, he's fully capable of it. That's why I'm I'm trying. To I know. Just get that's a... why I'm not sure. It's it's. <laughs> he's gonna keep his keep his guess. We're stonewalled here. <laughs> here. Uh, I mean, no comment. Move on. That's what I think. That's what I'm getting out of this. Stonewall uh, Jackson. <laughs> All right, so we are gonna move on. So for this episode, as promised, we will be talking about the rebooted Mortal Kombat movie from 2021. Uh, so this is the latest movie from Warner Brothers that had a simultaneous release in theaters and on HBO Max. A um, little bit about the movie. The movie was directed by Simon McCoyd, uh, whose only credits on IMDb right now are directing a video short in 2015 and then directing and producing this movie. So he has not done a lot. Uh, the movie's story was written by Oren Uziel and Greg Russo. Oren wrote on the Mortal Kombat Legacy series, did the screenplay for Cloverfield Paradox, which is the one that's on Netflix, uh, and helped with the screenplay for 22 Jump Street. He's done some other stuff, but I felt that stuff was at least somewhat relevant. Uh, Russo is credited with the story and screenplay for this movie, uh, but it's also his first writing credit ever. So, also, not a lot to go on for this guy. 
Um, helping him with the screenplay is Dave Ga- Callahan, who has writing credits for Doom, The Expendables, all three of them, uh, 2014 Godzilla, Zombieland 2, Wonder Woman 1984, and unreleased movies such as Shang-Chi and Spider-Verse 2. So I think that's the only writer, really, that has some credibility to his name, as far as I get to. Well, I guess Oren wrote on the Mortal Kombat Legacy series, so he's got some Mortal Kombat experience there. So that kind of tracks. Um, the movie stars Louis Tan as Cole, Jessica McNamee as Sonya, Josh Lawson as Kano, Joe Talsim as Sub-Zero, uh, McCad Brooks as Jax. Uh, this is where I butcher everybody's names. Uh, <laughs> I just what I've been waiting for like this whole week. I'm like, <laughs> Brian's going to fuck up this whole list. Every, so far, so good. But the, the next ones, I'm going to so bad. Uh, Tadanabo Asano as Raiden. Was I close? Anybody know? <laughs> uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion. Shin Han as Shang Tsung. Uh, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang. Max Huang as Kung Lao. And that's all I wrote down. I think there's some others, but that's all I wrote in the outline. I don't know. I think I did pretty a lot better than I thought I was going to do. I was not wasn't happy that you did that. <laughs> I feel like you, I feel like the only the first one was yeah. questionable. Yeah, I feel like you used your the last Dynasty Warriors game very well. You know, <laughs> to, to like I those. was really <laughs> waiting for like an hour and a half of you butchering Liu Kang and Kung Lao. I figure if I just go quickly, I can't. I don't dwell on it as much. Just just roll through it, steamroll, and we're good. Um, so I mean, get just a little bit of a background, I guess, for us. I think it's safe to say that most of us grew up playing Mortal Kombat on a variety of systems. Um, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. we've all seen the Mortal Kombat movie, but just to confirm for listeners, uh, have you guys played Mortal Kombat before? And I don't know if we want to go over like how many, but like if you want to name a couple that you remember playing that you've enjoyed. I mean, I know I've played them throughout the years. I never got deep into them. I know the whatever one came out on N64 could have been multiple ones. I played a bunch of that because I was a child, <laughs> and that's what you do is you play Mortal Kombat when you're a child on your N64. I've seen, I think, both movies. It's been a long-ass time since that would have occurred. I did think about rewatching both of them in preparation for this, but I didn't. And then I, because of this movie, I did buy the most recent game and start playing it because it just got me my blood flow. Oh, see, they got, got that it nostalgia right. kick. Yeah, it was on sale. <laughs> so I, I have to ask on the N sixty four thing: Are you talking about Mortal Kombat four, or are you talking about Sub Zero Mythologies? I have no fucking. <laughs> okay, well, I just have to ask because the Mythologies game sucked. It was like the regular fighting game. So four, okay, yeah, that's allowed. If you played a lot of Sub-Zero, like the Mythologies game, I'd I'd question your sanity. That was... Uh, So, Mike, where are you at as far as games played? The only one I did not play completely, as in played it fully and beat it, was uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. Because I didn't even realize at the time, or until recently when I looked up why they're numbered the way they are, that that was actually a canon entry for Mortal Kombat. I thought it was just a side game. Yeah. So I'll probably go back and play it. Gotcha. So you've been up since uh, the original, like OG. Yeah. Yeah. Sega, I was putting, Super Nintendo, putting when quarters in the arcade to play the original. Oh, fair. Okay. Mortal Kombat Two. When I was a kid at Monroeville Mall at uh, Tilt was the name oh, of the. I remember Tilt. Uh, oh yeah, I loved uh, arcade Tilt. there. And yeah, there was always a line, man. You go up for Mortal Kombat too. You had to wait and yeah. 
I would save my quarters for weeks because I knew we were going to the mall. (laughs) Yep. I, and I actually watched a thing recently about how Mortal Kombat 2 specifically was designed to steal your quarters. So, like, if you go back and you play any of the old Mortal Kombat 2 games and you get to a 7 or 8 win streak, it's gonna... You're fucked. It's going to beat you. Um, it Like, it, it, even getting there is tough. As soon as you get to, like, 3 wins, it starts to... The AI just starts to say nope. But if you get to 7 or 8... The AI just turns on a whole nother level. <laughs> and like it, it was just an interesting watch sometime um, to watch this guy who's one of like the best arcade players in the world display. Like you get to I think he was at the tenth win and it was like, You're not winning this. There is no chance. It was just not giving him. It's standing like a millimeter out of the range to get hit. It's amazing. What that well, AI that was able tenth to one, do. That tenth one you could then take over Outworld, so you know, you had to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andy, where are you at as far as games played and which ones you've enjoyed? Uh, I remember playing the first one on Sega Genesis. Um, Scorpion was always my favorite. Um, I don't know that I played much in the middle. I played that one... I want to say it was Mortal Kombat Deception. Uh, Was it like one of the Playstations? PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2? Probably 2. 2. Uh, didn't really care for it too much and sort of stopped playing all the Mortal Kombat's after that because they sort of went to the 3D sidestepping sort of com- like Virtua Fighter, Tekken, yeah, Soul yeah. Calibur type fighting and I didn't really care for that. But then when they reintroduced just like the 2D verses in Mortal Kombat 9, I played the ever-living shit out of Mortal Kombat 9. <laughs> so, and then the uh, the movies... Um, I love the movies. Saw the first movie in the theater. Probably saw the second movie in the theater too. It's not quite as good, but I, I, the first Mortal Kombat is has a has a nostalgic place in my heart. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've played a lot of the games. I'm trying to remember if I played the first one in the arcade or not. Probably at some point, but I don't remember if my first exposure to the game was at home or in the arcade. I I honestly don't remember. Um. And I've sort of dabbled since then. I don't know if I ever actually owned them on like Nintendo or Sega. I don't remember owning games that early, like the Mortal Kombat games that early. Um, I'm trying to think when I finally started to get them. I don't like I because I know other like friends of mine have had them in the past, so I've played them. Like even on N64, I don't think I owned any Mortal Kombat games, but I had buddies that did own them, so I remember playing them on N64. Um, I might not have actually started owning Mortal Kombat games until like 360 era, and that kind of thing. And because I know I have ten, and I know I've played nine, um, I haven't gotten eleven yet. But I, like Ian, you know, you watch a movie like this, and now it's like, okay, well, where's all the tie-in products? Give me something where I can be these fighters now. So it's working on me too. I keep looking at eleven now, like waiting for a sale. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. You, I'm gonna, I gotta play you. <laughs> it, it actually got me to look back to try and get nine on Steam because I don't have a console that can play nine. Yeah. So I wanted to get nine on Steam, and evidently they took it off Steam. At some point, you can't even get it. <laughs> Figures. I, I just because nine is like to me the best story mode for sure. Oh my I god, play I it again. Nine story mode is fan fucking tastic. Even yeah. the tower, which is like three hundred levels of fucking hell, um, <laughs> was a lot of fun. I actually was able to beat that. Holy fuck! But <laughs> yeah, it, um, it it was just it works, man. They they get you with that media. They want you to get more. Yeah. Um. 
Andy was talking about the the first couple of movies, so we'll spin back around to that. Like I I have seen the first two movies. Uh, I agree with Andy. Annihilation is pretty shitty. I I I know I've seen it multiple times, um, and I don't remember why it's really terrible. I feel like the special effects and just the the storyline of that movie is terrible. But I want to say at the end the animality that Liu Kang does. Oh is yes, fucking atrocious. That's bad. that's true. It is very very and bad. Shao Kahn as well. Don't forget his yeah turning into a dragon or whatever the fuck happens to him and it, the final fight is like just i shouldn't be a dragon so, versus i shouldn't be a dragon it's so bad it's the epitome of dated special effects it's just yeah real it's bad. the epitome of lazy yeah but but i'd, well. I'd, like, I'd rather watch i'd rather watch like the 70s version of wrath like clash of the titans special effects <laughs> well that was at least stop motion stuff that looked decent. yeah yeah yeah, I guess it's more it's more the CG thing. Like old CG stuff looks far worse than anything that was done practically in the seventies and sixties and fifties, yeah. and like just that's just special effects. Except for Spawn. <laughs> so so here's the thing that I always come back to, man. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Do you have the year on that by chance? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. What year was Jurassic Park? Ninety three. Ninety three. Four years before Jurassic Park was made, and they put that shit out for special effects with a Mortal Kombat title. I mean, I definitely think that Annihilation suffered from like a cash grab. That Mortal Kombat oh, yeah. came out in ninety five was for the most part a hit, I think, for what video yeah. game movies could do at the theater back then. There's there's stuff that's done better since, but back then I think that was a big deal. So now it's like shit, okay, uh hurry up and turn this around. We gotta get a sequel going. And it's just everything about that movie says it was a rush development. Considering that the the opening five minutes of Annihilation, Johnny Cage actor is different, only to kill him off because they either couldn't get the first guy back or didn't know what to do with him in the second movie. So that's just a whole fucking mess. Did any casting stay? Liu yeah, Kang. a couple. Liu Kang was the same. I think Katana was the same. Yeah, Sony was different. Raiden was different. Raiden was different. It wasn't Christopher Lambert anymore. It was um, was that other guy. From Dexter, yeah. Yeah. Bill Lambert. Is is that his name? No, he's a basketball player. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, did you say Bill Lambert? I I didn't understand. Yeah, combat basketball. (laughs) But um, it sounds like a classic Turtles 2 situation. (laughs) Um, I, you know, the, the first one from 95 is still great. I it's, it's dated sure, but maybe, and maybe it's just nostalgia for me, but I think that movie holds up. I like it a lot. It might be cheesy as hell, but I, I like, I think the story works. They set up the world easy enough. It's easy enough to follow. Anybody that doesn't know Mortal Kombat can watch that movie and get what the hell's going on. Um, I, I didn't get it. I did want to go back and watch it. I did not get a chance to go back and rewatch it before this, but I, I still have intentions to watch it sometime soon. I feel the same way about the Street Fighter movie. Oh, like I know it's probably not that good, but I just like oh. it. <laughs> so, oh so my here's here's God. my thing with it, the original Mortal Kombat movie is, I feel like some of the storylines they follow and some of the characters they did were really well done. And then you watch what they did with Scorpion, and it's like, wait, why is his harpoon coming out of his hand? What the fuck is going on? And other than saying get over here, which was really just a dub from the game. It wasn't even the actor saying it. He has no lines, nor does Sub-Zero. And even then, you're talking about people's favorite. Like, they were the most popular characters in the game. Yeah, but it's and... also not like they did anything in the game either. 
they had massive stories in the game that were at that time at 90 in 95 yeah they were huge parts of the story they were the anchors of the series man i mean yeah they're the most iconic looking characters but i thought a lot of people just knew them from the look like you're just going for the look of those characters i mean it's something where they had the the backstory there for those characters just as much as every other character you understand like the only thing you got for stories on those characters was the character screen scroll where it would like you know like pop through like a character and a few paragraphs about them and it would do the same thing each character had the same amount and then when you beat the game, you got a little snippet about what happens if that person won the tournament. Right, okay. That was what you got. And then you had behind the scenes, you know, uh, I guess it was Midway at the time, had their canon story of who won, who lost, you know, like what happened at the tournament be- like behind everything. So you could experience it any way you wanted in the game, obviously, playing any character. But then they had their canon story of Liu Kang was the winner of the first two tournaments. Or Liu Kang won the first tournament, Kung Lao won the second, or whatever. And I guess that's what they were trying to go with in the movie, because Liu Kang was the canon winner of the tournament. Okay. Um, But I feel like, personally, that the focus stayed more on Sonya and Kano and... Um, Johnny Cage and Liu Kang because they didn't have the supernatural abilities to explain away that Scorpion and Sub-Zero would. That were really would have looked like shit back then. Yeah. Given how they made Reptile look and given how the I don't know who made the decision to have that stupid thing come out of Reptile or Scorpion's hand in that first movie. Like, I think about that movie, and I'm like, yeah, I really like all that. And I remember that, and I'm like, oh, that part. See, I don't know. That never bothered me. That, I was fine oh, with that. that bothered the hell out of me. Um, Ian, original movies, what do you what do you think? Oh, I, I, like I said, it's been a while. I did enjoy them. Like, I, a lot of it's probably nostalgia, but it's just fun, like, seeing franchises like that. You know, the, the fi- fighting movies are always cool. You know, that's why John Wick's popular. That's why I like the Atomic Blonde. That kind of shit's just fun. Yeah. Like, Kung Pao Enter the Fist is just fun. <laughs> like, you know, that shit's fun. Um, Mike kind of alluded to it, but how much do you guys, and maybe Mike might be the one to really extrapolate some of this, but how much do you guys know about, like, the lore of the games? Like, because I know um, there was some sort of ongoing story going on in this universe, in these games. For me, it's pretty baseline just knowing, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are enemies. Liu Kang is badass. <laughs> Kong Lao has a saw, and then, you know, Johnny Cage is a dick, and then it's kind of fades a little more from there, you know, Raiden's Lightning Man, <laughs> then it starts to fade more, and now, since then, I've learned more from playing the newest game, which does a bunch of timeline bullshit going on, yeah. so I'm rapidly learning about everyone very quickly, and then I did some of my own research in preparation for this. But now I know I don't have to because Mike's just going to tell well, us all about it. Well, the other thing I want to say so is like, let's not get like real specific more. on the details because I'm going to assume some people listening have not played all these games and maybe they want to experience some of this story. So, I, it, No, this is a, this is a nine-hour lore podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, to, to be honest with the Mortal Kombat lore, there is way too much of it to try and explain it. Because um, I know and, it gets pretty convoluted. In ways it does. And then they, they do a pretty good job usually of 
things they let get convoluted earlier on, they have kind of, I don't want to say retcon, but they've managed to like tidy them up a bit through the okay. years. Um, I mean, but the, you know, the first few games did not really have a deep narrative connection yeah. to what was going on. They had references to elder gods. They had references to the nether realm and to outworld and stuff like that, but they didn't really, I don't know if they ever planned to actually explore those ideas Yeah, where they just said, Oh, it's outworld. It's a different place. And they were going to leave it at that. And then they kind of got stuck with that narrative. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot there to the narrative and is it good enough for what it is? I mean, it's good enough. I'm not gonna, you know, it's not Shakespeare, I, but like I think the story for the latest game is just really fucking cool. I'm it really is enjoying cool. it, and I've heard that since the reboot with Mortal Kombat Nine, I believe, like they've been pretty good stories. Nine I remember, was amazing. Yeah, and nine and ten buy, being pretty good. I wanted to buy ten, but I wanted to wait for like you know, the game of the year edition that has all the the, the cool shit together for like twenty bucks. But as soon as that released, then they released number 11. And I was like, son of a bitch, now I have to wait for that one. <laughs> so I might as well not buy 10 because then I have to wait for 11. But I feel like it's just going to keep happening because as soon as 11 is going to be game of the year, then the 12th one's going to be out. And I'm going to be like, son of a bitch. So, yeah. 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 It, it, it's it, what you're looking for is Mortal Kombat XL. We'll get you through 10. Yeah, that's stuff. that's like yeah, that's the game of the year one. Yeah, yeah, all the DLC and stuff. Yes, yeah, and it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it, like I, it's the, like ten bucks or something, isn't it? Or it was for a while. XL might be at this point. Yeah, yeah, because that's probably a two-year-old game at least now. More than that. No, yeah, because the current one's like two years old. I think. Yeah, wait, let me. Yeah. I'm yeah, on the page. Been uh, around for a while. So Mortal Kombat so X was six. 2015. Yeah, so six yeah. years old. So. But yeah, that, like for me, I dig the story, but yeah, it gets convoluted. You know what I mean? I I honestly after the first 3, I I think they even stopped naming tournament tournament winners officially cuz they didn't want to strap that it. to the story where they were stuck with that. Yeah. But I mean, I I know like Liu Kang and Kung Lao as far as I know are the only ones to officially win tournaments. Gotcha. I mean, cuz I think overall it's a very simple story. Earth's under attack, and we gotta do a tournament. It's just Dragon Ball Z, but gory. <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for one of these movies to be more similar to Bloodsport. You know what I'm saying? Like, where most of, like, the exposition happens while people are watching other people fight, where there's, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, this... And I, I'd love to have seen this movie go that route. I understand there's more to it than just a Bloodsport type of thing, but how cool would it have been, like, the way framing it similar to Bloodsport, where you just watch Goro just annihilate people over and over and over again in the ring, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's time for the hero to step in against him, and you're like, oh, shit. How's he gonna manage this? This guy's invincible, which is the way they framed that guy in Bloodsport, even though he was just a man. Like, he, it was interesting. But I, w I would like to see that kind of thing. At some point. At least play, like, part in a movie. Mm -hmm. Give us a long section like that. But. I yeah. Um, I was trying to look up uh, some of the numbers for the box office and opening weekend and stuff like that. So, 
from what I can tell, it looks like the movie made $28 million at the box office opening weekend. Second weekend, it drew another $6.2 million, right now bringing domestic total to $34 million. Um, worldwide, it's sitting at $67 million. So, Which is known as 33 Dynasty Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, it's not doing bad. Uh, the report that I was looking at, Deadline reported that it had a 73% drop in its second weekend, which is a very, very big dip. Um, they're sort of attributing to, one, that it's kind of like a niche film. Like, video game movies don't traditionally do very well at the box office. Um, so they figured that the most of the people that want to see this movie went out the first weekend to see it. Compounded with uh, some of the restrictions have been lifted with uh, the pandemic, so people are able to go to theaters a little bit more freely and easily now. Uh, So they probably went that opening weekend also. Just an excuse to get out of the house and see something, they ended up seeing this. Uh, But they also point out that since the movie is offered on HBO Max, that repeat viewings are probably not happening at the theater. That people will probably go opening weekend to see it the first time at the theater, but after that, if you want to watch it again, it is at home on HBO Max if you are a subscriber. So that might have something to do with a high drop in the second weekend. Um, and it's an R-rated film, which still matters. Right. Yeah. PG-13 might have been able to get a little bit wider of a box office audience and stuff like that. But because I, yeah, I think they said it wouldn't that, have been a good movie. What's no. that? It would have been a bad movie. Yeah. I think they were trying to point out, I think Deadline was pointing out, like granted in like 95, but that, you know, Mortal Kombat, the first one from 1995, had a a lower drop from its second week. So I don't know if they were trying to make the correlation that, hey, that one was PG-13, so it didn't drop as much, but, you know, we're also not in a pandemic at that time, so that also might have something to do with it, too. That's what the government wants you to think. (laughs) We have been in a pandemic for 40 years. (laughs) Um, But I'm assuming all of you watched this on HBO Max and not the theater, correct? No one went to the theater for this one? Yeah. Okay. I maxed it. Not nothing has got me to do stuff. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to revisit that and see what movie finally gets Ian into the theater. Godzilla Seven. <laughs> this time he's big. <laughs> um. All right. So now I think we're going to finally get into the movie and what we think. So before we do that, I'm going to throw out the spoiler warning. So if you have not seen Mortal Kombat from 2021, please pause us now. Go back. And listen to us after checking out the mission, uh, movie, not the mission. Uh, if you've seen the movie and, you know, or either way, don't care about being spoiled, you can continue to listen to us as we just continue to talk. Uh, so this is your last call. Spoilers to follow. Spoiler. Spoiler. You know, something like that. All right. So we are in the spoiler territory for Mortal Kombat. We're going to get into our traditional type of movie discussion here. Uh, if you've listened to the Rewind Theater stuff, I'm going to just kind of import those categories that we we use to try to help go through, give us a little bit of some topics and stuff. So we're going to go through direction, story, characters and actors, soundtrack, and special effects and explosions. So those are those are our topics that we'll try to, you know, whatever we want to talk about will hopefully fit out of one of those five categories. Um, so we'll just start going down the list. Let's just start with direction. Um, anybody, any volunteers for direction to start? Sure. Mike, go for it. Um, I didn't know we were doing this format, so I didn't take specific notes about direction. <laughs> and yet you but, volunteered, ballsy. Well, nobody else volunteered, so I went for it. <laughs> um, 
you know, th- thinking about it, I don't really think anything seemed like that great or that bad. Um, it, it, it was it, for direction. I'd, I'd say very mediocre, very middle of the road. Um, again, yeah, there was some cool the guy that I, I name dropped and, earlier. Who the fuck was that again? I gotta look. I gotta scroll back up and look. Um, Steven Spielberg. No, it was not Simon Simon McCoy. Um, yeah, again, this like, is like his first directing gig. Right. And, and, and that's very believable, but it's also, it, it, it's also not immediately obvious. Like I wouldn't watch this and be like, oh, this person's a novice director. They don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's done well enough for what he's working with. Um, but at the same time, you wouldn't say it's an auteur and you're probably thinking this guy got studio notes at some point. Right, like it's, it, it it fits the bill for a Mortal Kombat movie. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, like I said, th- there's some really cool shots. I think you got good performances out of a few actors that actually really surprised me. We'll talk about that when that time comes. Um, and yeah, all around, like it, I think the vision's there. Um for making this a decent franchise and i think maybe we'll get there okay maybe yeah i hope so uh andy do you want to go for a direction i thought that he framed the fight scenes very well uh especially like the first 20 minutes when you're back in like feudal japan yeah i thought he framed that very very well um uh, I thought, um, I don't know if directing would take part in like fight choreography or if that would be special effects. Probably. No, that would be I, either, either one. I think yeah. they could fit in either uh, one. The, I thought the choreography was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I seem to lose interest in a lot of the dialogue scenes. So I think like maybe the, the, the lines that the actors were, were saying maybe didn't hit as well as they probably could have just like emphasis on yeah. their voice and just back and forth and whatnot so i think maybe uh he would get a good grade for you know like the fight scenes and sort of like a a lower grade for just dialogue and, and the slower parts seemed slow to me gotcha uh ian what do you think so from the start of this, I hit play and it's a two hour fast. He already has my attention because I'm sitting there waiting for get over here for two hours. That's all. That's that's what I'm here for. I'm just sitting there in anticipation of that line being delivered. So this director has me by the balls. He knows I'm going to watch this because I need that line. <laughs> I need that heroin in my system. So early on, though, I was very I thought the Japanese scenes were very impressive. I thought they were well shot, like Hanzo fetching the water and stuff. I thought he did a nice cinematic job of framing that chase. Yeah, I liked when he was running away, the buckets pouring over like the rocks. You know, it's kind of like, uh, OK, man, we get it. Like water goes down rocks. But I, I liked it. Like it's a little <laughs> artsy fartsy kind of thing. But I'm like, you know, it's cool. I can give you a note on that, actually. Thank you. Those buckets were actually the same buckets that were used in the first film when Liu Kang throws the water at Sub-Zero. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> they, like, they, they, they're actually, like, maybe not the exact same bucket physically, but they are, like, if you, like, look frame to frame, mm-hmm. it's the same bucket. 
It's like how one of the Lord of the Rings swords is in the Iron Throne. Well, I don't know if that's intentional or not. This no, was intentional. They got the model. They got the same model sword on set. Oh, okay. The, like when they were building it. This seemed... they ran out of sword models. <laughs> this seemed like it was intentional. Because those are a very strange bucket. Mm-hmm. True. To have. But I, I like that. This might lean into the special effects some, but it's, it's just capturing when um, Jax is shooting the shotgun and, like, the individual pellets freezing. Like, that just was so cool yeah. looking. Like like Andy was saying, the framing of the fights, but then also of these action scenes. Just, he did he did the work. And, like, even the MMA fight made sense. Like, they could have just went and done the... Let's just film it like they do actual MMA fights, but they're like, okay, let's jump around more WWE wrestling style with like hard jump cuts throughout the action. So I, I think he did enough, especially with some of the CG, like when they were getting um attacked at the fucking only diner that exists left in America. <laughs> that it's that old schooly like that. You know, like you know, like the sheer panic and like everyone like being in the right location. Like getting um when Cole's fighting Goro, just getting it to line up because you know you don't got a fifteen footer walking around to film that with, you know you gotta improvise and I think they did a very good job of getting all of those shots that he needed and I think he like I think we all said he did enough to get the actors to emote enough. I think he got a very good performance out of Kano. Like the, Kano, I think did a really good job and I think the director you know obviously gets he should get some credit for that because I think he did a really good job making sure the timing of lines were delivered correctly too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to really decide how I feel about direction. I think it was adequate. I don't know if anything really stood out to me. There were, you know, a couple shots like Ian mentioned the shotgun pellets being frozen. That's a cool shot. Um, some of the fight scenes I think were shot well enough. Cause you can, you know, see what's going on for the fight scenes, which is appreciated for a movie that's focusing on fight scenes. Um, the tone for this movie, I could not figure out. I think the tone that they set in the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie is never found again. No. Yeah. It's, it, there, it's a completely different movie after the first 20 minutes. I think it starts very seriously. And I think that's what I intended from this movie based on trailers and some of the marketing that I had seen is that I was expecting that tone the entire movie. We don't get that tone the entire movie. It starts to go really silly and campy. And I don't know if I like that personally. So I don't I it's it, a lot of it I think my problems I think come to the with the story so I think I I have a lot more to dig into with the story but yeah um yeah so yeah I don't know I don't really really know what else to add for direction but that's kind of where I'm at based based on <laughs> what I thought about the story I thought he actually did a fairly good job of presenting things to us because I thought I think the story's the, a low point for it. So the story's not great, but the whatever the story is, the director did a well enough job with that story. Right. Okay. Like someone else could have done a better job, but he did what had to be done to get the, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they just he did exactly what you you put plug him in, you know. Yeah. I feel like they didn't give him a lot to work with and he still made something that I mm-hmm. I I enjoyed. And he, but he didn't go above and beyond, but you could plug him into a movie and know he'll get the work done. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I guess anything else for direction? I think we got through that quicker than I expected to. No? Okay. Well, that's not the one. Uh, I mean, if the choreography falls into that, um, I think the one choice made with 
the whole Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight where they make the callback to him in the first scene of the movie when he throws the harpoon in or whatever you want to call it spear into the tree behind him and pulls it out and he yeah. does it again I, I i love the callback and then and the oh. fight at the end of the movie that was oh, great. yeah yeah i'm like oh 400 years later the same move <laughs> yeah but this time he knows like that was good and i really liked the choreography like later on in that fight where he's fighting together with cole like it just flowed well for having a two-on-one which i think is hard to film usually to like make it believable yeah. almost yeah you know, like, because normally it's like, just bum rush the dude. He can't, you know, <laughs> he's only got two arms. I actually think, thinking back so to I, that fight, my my absolute favorite shot in the movie is when they start fighting Scorpion, I think, hits him with, the, hits Sub-Zero with the spear, had his sword in the ground, right? So he throws him across the room into the sword and then somehow gets the, the chain wrapped around the sword and it's the shot is over the shoulder and flicks the sword back to him. Yeah. It looks like a practical shot as far as, far as I can tell because it doesn't cut. The camera sits the camera sits there over his shoulder and he just holds his hand out to grab the sword that's flipping towards the frame. I thought it was the coolest fucking shot in the movie. Oh, yeah. That was wicked cool. I was already, like I like as I said, I was waiting for a line to be delivered and it had happened by then. So I was just marking the fuck out for like the rest <laughs> of that fucking movie. I was like as hyped as I was seeing it, like fucking the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Like I was fucking electric. Hands over their head banging, like, let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, dude, I was literally slapping. Like, rah, 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 yeah! I was hyped as shit for this. I was, my heart was pounding. Oh my God. He immediately bought the game right after that. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> And, and I mean, like what you're saying there, like with him not cutting away as he's, you know, in that moment, it's something they did so well in this was not cut away from things that were happening. Yeah, so, let like, the fight it, it choreography been, do its thing. Well, I mean, it, it just as an example, like it would have been so easy to keep your R rating and keep the violence, but cut away when Jax gets his arms ripped off or when Natara's cut in half or yeah. when Jax smashes Reiko's head. Would have been so easy. and just cut away let the blood splatter happen they don't cut away they have it on screen because it's fucking mortal Kombat. people played these games for fatalities back in the day that's what made these games popular you know it was tight combat all that whatever but people loved fatalities and they stuck with it and didn't look away i'm i'm not sure how brian felt about that but for the most part not cutting away was really important there and it's something that I feel like they would have done in a lot of other movies. I know, like I know, I'm in the minority. It's not something I would need for a Mortal Kombat movie. Like the PG thirteen ninety five Mortal Kombat movie is fine with me. I'm fine with that. Um, I I watched this one. I tolerated it. I think more because in my mind, it's still just a video game, and video game violence for me still gets gets by me. Like really graphic movie violence, I I'm still not into, but. Since a lot of this is just like CG looking effects that I know are just like, oh, it's video game stuff. Like that is able to go through my brain a little bit easier. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's logically the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I, yeah I was part that. of it just like you've seen these literally as fatalities in the game? A lot of yeah, a lot of it was expected. Like I expected Kana to rip out a heart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. that was gonna happen. That, that was a good heart though. <laughs> Yeah, that that was Fun unexpected beauty. to happen in that situation, but that's the one that established that okay, we're doing that and we're saying video game lines. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, we're doing video game lines. 
Um, I feel like we're going to spend the most time here, so let's get into story. Um, okay. Andy, you were saying you had issues with the story, so let's dive into what you're thinking. Um, wow, where to start? Uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like any of the video games had a better storyline than this did. I'm halfway through 11, and I was like, man, this is such a better fucking story. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I was going to walk in here and do the review, I was like, man, I, I love this fucking movie. This movie is fucking awesome. Then I start playing the game, like, man, that story was shit. Yeah. It, it was, I, I, I don't think Cole even exists anywhere no. in the Mortal Kombat series, and I think he's he's kind of a throwaway character as well as I thought that actor did. I didn't care for his arc in the story much at all. Um, he threw me off. Yeah, I didn't See, because yeah. Cole's character the whole time. I'm thinking, did they just decide to rename Takeda and to Cole? Because there's a character in Ten that gets introduced named Takeda that has ties to Scorpion. And I'm not again. You haven't played Ten, so I'll keep the spoilers out of it. But he has ties to Scorpion. And I thought, like, oh, Cole is going to just be remade into Takeda. We're going to find at some point that that's whose story we're getting here. And they never did, and I was just confused. And then I looked it up afterwards, and it's just a completely new character. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I was okay with it. But I was fully expecting, because there's a character that exists that has a similar relationship to Scorpion, that they were just telling that story. And it was confusing that they weren't. So from, I guess, from somebody's aspect that doesn't know that, you, it was confusing. And from somebody who does know about that character, it was confusing. Sorry, yeah. I, I cut in there, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, like the age-old riv rivalry between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, as well as I liked that part in the beginning, it doesn't explain why any of that happens ever. <laughs> for the Lin Kuei. yeah just yeah. just just Lin Kuei versus the Giyushiru or something like that uh Shirai I can't remember what the hell it is Ryu Shirai or something like that um I think it's reverse yeah Shirai Ryu oh sorry yeah whatever the hell it is oh, um, <laughs> please apologize <laughs> <laughs> um and then just I don't they they kept mentioning like oh we have nine victory or they need a 10th victory. They need a 10th victory. But in, in no way, shape, or form was there an actual tournament taking place. So that was my biggest question at the end of the story. Can anyone tell me if these people actually won the tournament or not? There was no, no there, tournament. there was no tournament. No, no. I, we, I think we they were just trying to ward off at World from cheating. I okay. Think was the whole, because the I whole feel like premise. that's confusing. It's very like, confusing. The whole story is setting up of, hey, this tournament's coming. We have to win the tournament. And they, we don't even get to the tournament in this but, movie. No, nothing. I, but they but they say it. Shang Tsung says to Sub-Zero, we're going to win the tournament by not having a tournament because there's going to be no opposition to, for us to fight. Yeah, so that's why it, he sends Sub-Zero out. And then later on when he attacks... Raiden says, you know, you can't attack like out, you know, you got to win the tournament first. And that's when Shang Tsung says, yes, that's what the tournament's for. But there's no rule against us just invading. Like, he's just saying we can just like fight you. There's no rule against conflict itself. And that's what he's doing. So he's saying, I, who gives a shit about the tournament? I'm just going to take over. I thought that was well, well what, what he's trying to do is he's not trying to take over. He's trying to kill the combatants of Earthrealm. 
so that when they don't provide a combatant, they automatically lose. So he's trying to wipe out all possible combatants from Earthrealm so that Outworld can invade. So the Elder Gods will allow the invasion if that happens, which is something that has never made sense in Mortal Kombat. Like, why the... Why? Well, like, why Why is it like, oh, Outworld can invade, but only if they win ten times? Are Outworld that much of dicks that they're just looking for different places to invade constantly? Like, yep. I think the short answer we, is yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's... And, and the Elder Gods are like, well, we can stop them, but you know what? We're gonna allow it if they do this. <laughs> what the fuck kind of assholes are the Elder Gods? It's... I don't know. It's... I was also trying like to f- most gods, they're indifferent. <laughs> also trying to figure out because I don't think it's established either. And the one solution for like, hey, did they win a tournament or not? For me, just give me some exposition lines that tell me when the tournament is. Is it well, tomorrow? Is it? It was in thirty days. They had yeah. thirty days to train. Did they say that? Yeah. Okay. Then Luke I completely missed that. that. Yeah, and that I mean, like they set it up so that the next movie is the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, that was this whole setup. Like, the next movie is going to be a tournament. Okay, yeah, then maybe that's my main issue with the story, is I just, I think, even even if it was coming in like, hey, we're making a trilogy, I think I expected a little bit more closure for this one, and just... Well, isn't it five films that they have planned, supposedly? Because uh, well, Joe Taslam has signed on for four more films. Oh, Jesus. But I think he... Someone said they might be doing like a cage more solo movie, so that might be one of them. So I think it might, you know, okay. oh, they're trying to do like the MCU for Mortal Kombat, at least with Cage, but also WWE superstar Miz is uh, trying to become Cage, just so we all know. I, I saw that going around. That I saw some sort of fan art as Ryan Reynolds as Johnny Cage too. I heard, I heard that, that. would I get me more invested. Gal Gadot as uh, Katana. It, it, people are dreaming if they think that's going to happen, though. <laughs> Fan but... casting is strong with this one. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and Gal... <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot hop into this fucking movie series, but I don't see that happening. I don't think they have the budget. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that, that would increase things significantly on cost, and I think Ryan Reynolds is much more likely to take it if they asked him than Gal Gadot would be. Yeah, I would agree. You, you know what else doesn't make any sense whatsoever? How many years between when Cole's great-great-great-grandmother was saved by from Raiden to Cole, how many generations were there? You well, think? 400 years, so what's a that? Lot. Just, <laughs> generations? Like, just a lot. Let's just... Seven I generations? Think that's like 30, something like that. 10, something around. At least 10, I think. So I think it's at least okay. 40 years. So they only had one kid every fucking generation? Well, it's probably passed to the eldest, you know, just like everything else in the world. Yeah, yeah so, I would so assume he... it's either passed to the eldest or the most worthy. Or, okay. yeah, first male. So, yeah, uh, there, that, there, there's a lineage to it. I that didn't assume. make sense. And they never really explained. I mean, it took me like most of the movie to figure out whether that was like his girlfriend, his sister. Was that his daughter? <laughs> or was that his sister? Like they, they didn't explain that very well at all. Yeah. Um. No, I just didn't care about them at all because I didn't care about Cole. I hated him. <laughs> no, yeah, his his whole storyline sucked. Like, oh, I'm a failed MMA fighter. Great, you and join his, the fucking line of movies. The whole Arcana. They, they thing framed him as a failed MMA fighter and quitter. Was, was yeah, and a quitter. Yeah, <laughs> a fucking quitter. 
I didn't like the whole Arcana thing. Like, you must unlock your Arcana. What, like getting powers and whatnot? Yeah, because, like, Kano's eye turns into a cyborg eye, and then it turns back into a regular eye. I'm like, that's kind of (laughs) dumb. Well, I think... So, there's a couple things on that. First, I think Kano will get back with his full-on metal plate in his face thing uh, in the next movie because of what she does to him at the end there. for sure. Um, But also... I am perfectly okay with the Arcana thing because it gave me what probably will be my favorite moment in any movie this year or for a while with uh, the sweep spam moment that we get (laughs) in that where Liu Kang sweeps somebody gets up. He's like, ah, you got me there. You're not going to, oh, shit, you got me again. And he just, it's just such a perfect throwback to the games. And it's, Kano was the perfect character to do it to. And he just killed it. That was fucking amazing. Oh. Like the, I think it's the third one where he jumps the fake out, and then as he's coming down, he says, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that was just perfect line delivery. Anybody that's played the game can relate to that whole sequence mm-hmm. right there. Y- yep. Yes, you you are either the guy getting tripped or you're the dude doing the dick is <laughs> tripping the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it was just perfect to throw that in. It was such a good throw-in that I never would have thought they would have put in a movie. I mean, some because of the... Even, even some of the arenas where they fight, I think, were callbacks to arenas that are in the game, which yes. I would have... I appreciated. Yeah, um, Jax kills Reiko at the pit. Yeah. Which was cool that they went with, like, the Mortal Kombat 2 slash 3 pit uh, instead of the Mortal Kombat 1 pit, which was very bland and boring. But It was uh, Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> What? I said it was Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, that's true. But that still had a couple cool arenas. I mean, that was what I really liked about this. I guess that's not maybe store, but like all of the those fight arenas at that part all looked like stages, and that yeah. was really cool. Like it felt like, oh, sweet, here's the stage. I could see if they made the tie in movie. Here's the stage. And I liked that a lot. But like other issues with like, like I didn't like that they had to throw Cole in as like, I, we need someone to explain the lore. Like, you could have just gotten an established Mortal Kombat character to just have not have known at the time about it. Yeah. And made him the thing and not done failed MMA fighter. Like Takeda. That, yeah, I mean, you could have done role. that. Well, I mean, like, Cole's... You could have just been Johnny Cage. Like, I, you could have just been Johnny Cage. Yeah. I honestly feel like Cole's unnecessary. Like, the only reason he's there would be, you know, using the, the bloodline thing. Fine, I guess that's a plot point that they need someone there for. But if you need just, like, someone to stumble upon the tournament and explain it for the audience, Sonya and Jax were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. The Tetsuro. We could have had, like, a good, like, thir- instead of the Cole thing, 20 minutes of them, like, rolling around conspiracy theory yes, shit. I would have liked know? that, that a lot have more. Fun. Yeah. I love how they also, seem to know more about it than fucking Liu Kang. Liu Kang's just wandering around the jungle or the desert well, and be like, oh, look, I found you. <laughs> why Why did Raiden wait 99 years and 11 months before looking for the other fucking fighters? Oh, th- okay, so that is the biggest story <laughs> thing for me, is that... They complain about their champions dying off and being assassinated. Raiden can literally transport anyone anywhere, and somehow he's still letting them die. What the fuck is wrong with that picture? Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, there's like some Luke King just walks there. in a fucking desert and finds them. It's like, were you even looking? Yeah, really. Were you even looking? There's a lot of the middle of the movie for me that it's like I I don't I've lost track of what is going on and why but fine let's fight let's go with that. But that's the thing that's what made it work for me still is I 
did, they didn't need to. I did, well, now I know they could have not only done much better, but should have done much better having played part of that game. And already. I think that's well, part of it. I think because I've played some of the games and I know what those stories are and how, like, yes, they're sort of convoluted and there's a, they're dense, but, but they make engaging. sense. You can follow they are them. Super yes. engaging. And I even think that the, you know, looking back and thinking about the '95 movie, I think that story, the pacing of that moves so much better than this movie and the tone i think stays consistent with the, the shift in tone in this movie yeah really throws me for a loop and that's when the story goes out the window for me like i was super excited after that first 20 minutes i'm like oh this is gonna be so badass that was such a badass scene and then you get another five minutes of scorpion and that's it yeah i was like uh and again i think that's partially kind of like what they mentioned earlier it's setting up a johnny cage solo movie that we might get more Scorpion and Sub-Zero in their own offshoots and get more of things as long as they stay away from, more on them. As long as they stay away from Cole, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm really hoping, like, he dies in the next move, the next one. Like, I'm really hoping. Because that in his power sucks. Oh, yeah. I don't fucking like his plain as shit. What was Armor just, blade like, arms? Like, what? Yeah, like... Energy, they're not even energy, they're cool blade arms. Energy they don't extend. Yeah, energy yeah, absorbing and shooting back. Like it's yeah, he gets body armor. That, that's yeah. it. Yeah. It, which I mean, it made sense for the character that they set up. I'll say that for it. Yeah. Oh, because he's he, a punching. He doesn't bag. know how to defend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a punching bag, so I, yeah. it makes sense. But it's also like lame. Like, uh, I'd it, rather have that. I'd rather have the hat. Well, like part of me, part of me's like. They're eventually, obviously, now going to have to transport this character into a game at some point. Ugh. So whenever twelve happens, we'll you see. know this character will probably get forced into the game. DLC, That's not how DLC. much his likeness costs. <laughs> It'll be yeah, maybe DLC, DLC for the game. Yeah. I hope, but I like I hope they don't give the character like, oh, this guy takes less damage than other players, and it like or something no, yeah, stupid like that. No. It'd just be like, <laughs> but I I don't know. There, there there's a lot with Cole where I thought it was a really good idea to introduce a new character and have you follow mm. that character and get you more engaged with a story you don't know as a fan. You know I mean, somebody that's already a fan. It was poorly done. Mm -hmm. um, it could have been done so much better and it could have worked from that aspect. But for somebody who's not a fan, it would have made so much more sense to use something that's already established lore that has explanations that you can use that, they've made sense of over the years as opposed to trying to figure out how to fit somebody new in that you're ham fisting in there. So I yeah. disagree. I think using an, a brand new character was a bad idea. I think, well, I I'm sort of with Mike. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. It was executed very terribly. Yeah. I think it's more, you could just do it much better. I would rather they still didn't do it, yeah. but there's a much better way to to write that story for that character because it this I just don't like Cole's story arc even. Like it's just not engaging enough and he's honestly he's kinda fucking lame. Yeah, he's super lame. He he loses. Yeah. He whines all the time. He quits. <laughs> gets the shit kicked out of him by Goro, and then somehow gets Arcana to get armor and be yeah, because, better, because he's about to let his wife and get like fucking a bladed tonfa double murdered. That's what it is. The only thing that I think that Orkana stuff, I I was trying to figure, like, still wrap my head around, because like they seem to explain it like you get your Orkana through pain. That's the only thing they ever seem to tell anybody is through pain you unlock your potential power or something. It's like the X Men. 
it, it's unlocking think, your mutant ability as an X-Man. It, I think it, like that's yeah. I think each person individually has their own catalyst because um, if you remember, Kano's catalyst was just anger. He just got pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Like I think it's just a more emotional than like direct like pain pain like an emotional feeling a trigger like that in that sense. Okay. All right. Like Luke Kang's was the slaver. Which yeah. Luke Kang's explanation True. at that point got like real dark, and I was like getting hints of like, is Luke Kang gonna be a bad guy? I I don't know. I was getting real like the way he delivers that speech. I was like, is he gonna turn? Like, what the fuck's going on with Luke Kang here? I mean, that's the cool thing I think about all of these is that because there's so many Mortal Kombat games, I think almost everyone's turned at some yeah. point. So there's definitely evil could. versions of everybody. <laughs> I mean, one that's another, what yeah. I was gonna say is that there is an evil version of Luke Kang that that's out there. Um, but I don't feel like he's like it's not like Luke Kang turns like as far as I remember it's like zombie Luke Kang that becomes I, that's yeah, familiar the, yeah I think they call him like revenants or something yeah well or is I think different? zombie zombie Luke Kang first showed up in like the Deception era mm-hmm. I want to uh, say that might have been the game that he turned up in <laughs> and he's like the one that I hate and <sighs> if I remember correctly like that was the one where they introduced a bunch of weapons that characters could use and I think he used oh, yeah, yeah. bone yeah. nunchucks or something like that. But it, like I think that's when that started, and then since then he's technically been dead, I guess canonically, and so the revenant version that like you're talking about mm-hmm. has then existed. But nine okay. kind of like reset the story mm-hmm. by going back in time and fucking with things and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if that's like a bad Liu Kang or if that's a corrupted, okay. you know. But yes, yeah. Liu Kang has been a villain, right? But okay, not. Not just because of shit that happened to him or something like. Yeah, it was. So I feel like we keep bleeding into like characters and actors and stuff. So do we want to go there? Is there anything else for story we want to touch on? Uh oh. Well, I, I, the only other thing I guess is um like the with the training stuff is I totally felt like Dragon Ball Z training, like those episodes of Dragon Ball Z where they're just like the training isn't like lifting weights or anything. It's just fighting. Yeah, like I thought that was funny. Like that's that's like there's other like that's not how you get ready for a fight. Usually, is just fighting. Well, I love that they dropped the line too of "test your might." Uh, yeah, like, I was yes. like, yes, you put that in the movie too. I want to see them at some point expand on that up to the point where the the guys are breaking diamond. Oh where, yeah, <laughs> where where they have a diamond block to punch through. I want to see it. Just bring um, out like the Street Fighter references too, where you have to beat up the car. Wasn't that a time trial where you gotta like beat the beat the car up and take damage to it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd just leave that to a street fighter. I wouldn't (laughs) like you know, let Street Fighter do the Street Fighter stuff. Oh, and then like we said, I guess this is a story. I loved all the video game includements. Like I marked the fuck out over get over here, like fucking, you know, like fatality, brutality, flawless him, flawless victory. Flawless victory, which it was. He take damage. It was it was really fucking awesome. Died I immediately loved it after every that time. But, you know, that's beside the point. Well, that that's so like, yeah. So I mean, you got to kill at least one of the good guys off, but there's no stakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of his storyline, anyways. Story wise, mm-hmm. they did a very terrible job of even like explaining who Shang Sun is. I'd yeah. agree. Like yeah. he's, yeah. He's, yeah, they he steals he's... he steals the guy's soul, and if you don't know anything about Shang Sun. Before this movie, you still don't know anything about Shang Sun except there's a green <laughs> bubble that went into his mouth. 
Yeah. You know, you and he's no a sorcerer. Idea. They and called him a sorcerer. sorcerer. They call him a sorcerer. You know, two things. Three things. Yeah. He's from Outworld. Yeah. He's an Outworldian sorcerer <laughs> who eats green stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's vegetarian. <laughs> and like story wise, can I just like, say the thing we're all thinking? Go ahead. 95 actually explained who Shang Tsung was very well. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Story-wise, story what I was going to say is what we're all, I hope we're all thinking is that, you know, they're talking about spinoff movies. The one I want the most is Kano and Cabal and the Black Dragon. I want, like, a backstory oh, or something. I, I want to see so the prequel. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to see just more of those two together. They were fucking great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like, they had timing. They were fantastic. And it bleeds into characters here. Because the character I was referring to, Ian referred to it, Kano, this guy fucking killed it. Oh, God, yes. Kano was amazing here. Like, it, I was not expecting Kano to steal the movie coming into this. I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, you know, of course Liu Kang will steal the movie or Scorpion and Sub-Zero. No. This movie's a Kano movie for me. Like, it's not a... What was his name? Cole? Yeah, Cole. Yeah. It's not his movie. It's Kano's movie. It Like, it was just awesome. Like, he has all the best lines... Like it's like it's like clerks. Like Kevin Smith wrote all the best lines for himself, and they wrote all the best lines for Kano. He has the best lines. He has the best story. I think kind of like you know, like hey, yeah, I'll do it for the three million. And then uh, I, I, he betrayed them like so quickly. It was it was amazing just seeing. So who's like, gonna make the comment that Kevin that Smith doesn't talk in Clerks? <laughs> no, no, he, but he, he wrote he the best. He was supposed to be Randall. Oh, okay, but he I got was you. too busy. That's that. Yeah, I was like, he's silent. He wrote Bob. the best line. <laughs> no, he wrote he's... the best lines for Randall, but he couldn't do all of that work. So that's why Randall has the best lines. Okay. He was going to play gotcha. Randall in the first few Kevin Smith movies. He still does keep the most impactful lines for himself. Mm-hmm. He gives Dante the speech about you know not a lot of girls bring lasagna to work, kind of like do that kind yeah. of thing, and then chasing Amy. He gives him the whole speech that describes why the title is chasing Amy. Like it, he he actually still does a little bit of that. Fair, fair. But yeah, the Randall lines are the funniest lines. Like that's. But yeah, Kano betrayed them faster than Lando did. <laughs> like it was just on, like just boom betrayal. Kano was like, "Money, I'm in," and double, double the doubled money, <laughs> and a casino. Yeah, like in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Yeah, he was great. Cole sucked dick balls. Um, <laughs> Sonya was Sonya. Everyone else was just pretty cool. Like cool. Like um, I really liked. Uh, let me let me check my notes here. Where is it? Melina was really cool. Like the look just worked. Like you know, she didn't have much story stuff to do, but she did the job. She stood in there and looked tough. She looked strong. I feel like Melina would have worked so much better if they gave her the mask at first. And you didn't mm-hmm, know yeah. if that was Katana or Melina. They gave her like an off-colored mask that yeah. maybe it wasn't purple or blue. Maybe it was just kind of gray or black. You know what I mean? And then yeah. the reveal comes that, oh, it's Melina, not Katana. And you're like, yep. Yeah, that would have been a nice, another nice touch. They could have <laughs> taken some notes from us, I'm seeing. Uh, Hanzo, like, you know, he doesn't have a lot to work with because it's 20-minute movie. Then I show up the fight. Yeah, he did his work in the first twenty. It made me be like, man, I fucking want Hanzo back here. I can't wait till he says the fucking line. <laughs> then he says the fucking line. Not to mention the moment you get when he returns, where the old theme hits at that yes! very moment. 
that oh was unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah, I was freaking out for that. Like the I just it was a perfect moment for me. I thought um, uh, Liu Kang and uh, Kung Lao played well together. You know that whole dynamic worked. Luke, you know the seriousness in their kind of differences opinion, but also like you know when they were dicking around Kano at the dinner to bring it out. I thought. It fit within their character to try and do it. Like, they're like, okay, we're doing this bit now. And it kind of, like, worked because they wouldn't normally go that far. Jack's his story was kind of weak. Like, oh, I lost my arms and now I got little baby arms. <laughs> Help me, please, daddy. <laughs> I got baby and, arms. And it almost looked like when she said, like, uh, so, like I forget what the line she delivered to him, but, like, tough shit major, you know, get over it or whatever. Yeah. Sonya says to him. And he, like, it almost looked like he was about to start crying. Like, <sighs> Nothing's ever hit me that emotional before because I'm a broken military man. I thought he was already like, was crying in that weird. moment. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt weird. I don't know. But, like, I, th- I think other than Cole, all of the other characters were done well. And looked the- everyone looked the part. Like, I think, like, uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero had more of their modern, I think, look, like, yeah. by the end. And then I know, like, when Sub-Zero takes off the clothes, he looks like another character to me from the games. That, like, he... It's cold, convoluted story thing, but like it looks like a character Bihan is now. So it was really that's Noob Cybot. It looked like him, and I thought that was really cool to like kind of reference that with him going into the all black thing with the mask. Yeah, I thought that was really fun. I'm just to keep smacking my mic. <laughs> and um, like I said, I it, everyone that's not an original character worked for me. I didn't so care for everyone but whole... one guy. <laughs> Well, and, and and his extended and his immediate family. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, also, also, I guess this is and also a new character. I like the ref. The ref. <laughs> the calls of a human punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> it says Hollywood. <laughs> With all of the disgust of your Midwestern 80s wrestling fan when the guy comes out billed from Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andy, were you going to say something? I didn't really care for the whole noob cybot look of Sub Zero, because I thought it was noob cybot. You know, when he shows up next to Shang Tsung, I'm like, "Oh, a noob cybot," and then I'm like, "Oh, fuck, that ain't noob cybot." Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty excited about that, and then but it will be shortly thereafter. Uh, not excited at all. Um, I agree. I I mean, I've already <laughs> said it before, but Cole was a very big thumbs down for me in this movie didn't care for him at all yeah um the actor did a fine job i guess i just think that like i don't think it's his fault yeah no i just think the whole story aspect of that character sucked um i feel like raiden and shang sun didn't get enough to do i feel like both those actors could have done a lot better with more to do um i would have loved to have seen the guy who played Hanzo Hazashi do more than just the 20 minutes in the front and then like the five minutes we get because I feel like that actor is badass yeah he is yeah and oh I would have loved to have seen more of that um but then but no he had to fight two on one versus with with butthole Cole um <laughs> uh, I thought Jax and Sonya were mostly forgettable as far as act wise i didn't think either one of them really stood out to me very well they did fine like they didn't they didn't impress me they didn't they didn't 
and, and end up on my coal list or anything like that. So <laughs> he has his own separate list. <laughs> the coal list and my turtles references to the new, the new core of the podcast. Um, I thought they did a, a poor job of, I know he's not an actor or whatever, but I thought they did a poor job of explaining who Goro is and why he's important because he's very important <laughs> in the yeah. story. Yeah. They really only did what the showing there's a big statue and then saying, oh, I'm so honored to have, like, I guess it was just showing Shang Tsung in a more, um, uh, conceding mood. Yeah. Like this was the only person he wasn't aggressive with. Yeah. That yeah. was, yeah, that wasn't enough to really get yeah. over how big of a fucking deal. Right. Goro is. And I, th- I thought, um, they did a really piss poor job of, of reptile. I'm assuming that was their version of rept- reptile. Yeah. Um, they're just like, release the reptile. And then like, all of a sudden you get this invisible figure running around. To be fair, Mortal Kombat through the years as a game has done a really piss poor job in deciding how they want to portray reptile and having it be more consistent. Like it's never been consistent. Reptile has gone from just another ninja with, you know, the ability to spit acid from a weird reptilian head that goes away for a second to oh he's just a giant lizard <laughs> to oh he's a man with some scales and some lizard like attributes to that they don't even know what they want to portray him yeah as. he's scorpion except green <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things that like I, I think they did a better job than the old movie did by a long shot yeah but that's improvement in cg um i didn't uh I don't know who the fuck uh, Captain Reiko was, and I didn't know who that harpy-looking chick was. Um, was were they actual characters from Mortal Kombat? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They are fucking dead now. So <laughs> <laughs> to explain, like General Reiko is kind of a thrown-away character, I guess you could say in the games. Like nobody really cared about Reiko or cared much about him. Nathan Jones as Reiko really didn't add up for me. Um. He was a strange choice in there. He's, I don't know. It was what it was, but he's dead now, so it's fine. Um, Natara, however, is an awesome fucking character that I am so pissed they turned into a harpy. Um, That is like the one character portrayal here that actually pissed me off. Where I was like, you could have had Natara and her storyline as part of something. And you just threw her away as like, oh, she flies and screeches. And then she's dead. Did anybody What's else... Like, I- did anybody else get like like flashbacks from like the van helsing movie with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i didn't until now but yeah i see it yeah with the the freaking screeching harpy vampire brides there's so many other throwaway characters they could have had kung lao split in half because that was her entire point of being in the movie was getting cut in half by kung lao this is the only reason she was in the movie yep and there's a lot of other throwaway characters that have no interesting story whatsoever that wouldn't have to be portrayed completely off. Like, it's the one portrayal that's completely off base. Well, I'm sure that's probably part of it. character is in the game. It's like, you, for anyone that knows the character, thinks, okay, this character's going to be a big deal. And they even sort of hint that, like, that's the tone that I got from the movie, is that this character should be a big deal. And it goes out in one hit. Yeah. That's what makes it surprising. Like, that's why, that's the that's your, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, that's the point. Not that she just gets split in half, but because it's supposed to surprise you. That that she gets split in half? 
that quick that it's a flawless yeah victory. That it's that quick of a fight that <laughs> someone of this importance goes down that quickly and that easily that's the surprise yeah it just pissed me off because they didn't tell her story at all she was like they, they portrayed her to look stupid and then they just cut her in half and it, like i'm sorry there's like i said there's a lot of other characters they could have done that with and i'd have been like oh that character they threw them in and then when they get cut in half you're like ah okay well that's the point yeah, that's what i'm trying, trying to say if they throw them, a cannon fodder character it. in there you know that guy's gonna go down in one hit that's not that's the like, surprise it's like one no of that's the not what shirts. i mean like i, I mean <laughs> characters yeah well it's what they did with reiko like Reiko was a cannon fodder character for them to throw away. Right. But there's other characters of note that they could have done that with that don't that I, I, I don't know, wouldn't have bothered me as much. Like Tanya would have been something like where you're like, Oh man, Tanya's there, that's cool. And then they do that to her and you're like, Oh, that sucks, but I didn't see that coming. Okay. Gotcha. She's a major character. She's not fucking Reiko that appeared in I think one game. Yeah, I didn't remember that guy at all. But since we're talking about it, there were there were two moments in this film that that sh- that made me feel a fucking way I haven't felt in like some time. One was get over <laughs> here. I, I keep bringing that up. The right, other right. was Natara's death when they just like show everything and it's like slicing through. I got like absolutely chills in my body. I was like, holy fuck! I can't believe they did it. Holy shit! This is so cool. Oh my. <laughs> like I it literally like I I think like that feeling is when you like watch like um that just absolute chill was like when the Patriots came back from down twenty eight three to the Falcons in the Super Bowl <laughs> that just like absolute chill running through your body like holy fuck that sucks <laughs> like it, I just I I hadn't felt that emotion or feeling in like a long time it got me and I was like this is. Just good fucking movie. I, I can't wait till we get to your rating. I really want to see what you rate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I mean, I, I I will agree that was a really cool moment. You know, I mean, as far as like the old school fatalities go, getting to see Kung Lao split somebody in half is awesome. Because I mean, when I remember Mortal Kombat two, that's the one fatality that always comes back to hit my mind is his splitting people in half, and of course, Liu Kang's dragon. Yeah, they showed all the ones I remembered. Those two in um, Scorpion's Fire Breath. And yeah. Jax's Head Smash. Yeah, like I was like, okay, oh. I yep, I remembered all these. Thank you for including them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's the best segue as far as the special effects. This is... Oh, Well, I was going to say, I don't know if I got to my character, so I'm just going to spin oh, yeah, through it quickly. Yeah. But I I agree with a lot of what you guys were saying. I think, I think Kano stole the show. Is playing yep. such a douchey asshole, asshole, but he was just fun to watch. Like, um, Cole was forgettable. I think most of the people were forgettable. Sub Zero and Scorpion had a little bit more to do, just because they had a little bit more backstory. And I think they looked cool as hell, like their costumes and shit. I was really for it. I think that was really cool. Um, but yeah, largely everybody else, I've, I don't think that either they didn't get enough to do, or we didn't spend enough time with them. I don't know. But that it's the problem, I guess, you get with like ensemble casts is how do you split the time with everybody, still give them something to do, and and. I don't know, try to try to get the audience to get behind him a little bit more. And I don't know if they did enough with the majority of these people. Like, you know, right. I forget I forget who said it, but Shang Tsung is supposed to be like the main sort of villain of this whole storyline, and you don't really know anything about him. Right. I Nothing. think there needs to be more there if they're gonna like bring him in forward and keep him keep him going in the other movies. We need we need but more I think there. That's like part of that's just he wasn't the main villain of this movie though, that's sub zero. Yeah, I guess yeah, true. true. 
I don't know. I think setting him up, even just for being a force to be reckoned with, like there's nothing about him that really scares me. And I feel like I should be terrified of him. Well, you should, because he would suck your soul out. Right. But, so Okay. So he has the one move, but like nothing about what he's done in this movie is really intimidating me to make me feel like he's a force to be reckoned with in any movie later that he's probably going to well, show yeah, up. I in. mean, they didn't have him do anything. I don't. Biden really didn't do anything to show off how capable he is either. And I think that should have changed too. Yeah, like you could have done like something with them to like establish their forces to be reckoned with. But I think part of it they're trying to tell that through like a story of just we told you they're important. Deal with it. Yeah, which isn't great writing and isn't great movie stuff. But if you want to fit this in two hours, it's cut cool i guess yeah and, just, and i think that's the thing is like i think they're definitely i think they definitely have a plan for other movies it's just that this movie feels incomplete to me because yeah, the, mm-hmm. the plan there still needs to be more setup i think this this movie so, is just all set up that still needs set up for later so do you think this one would improve then like assuming the sequels are good like you think this one would improve in retrospect I think it, yeah, it has the potential to do that. Yes, I think if they can really dive into some of these characters a little bit more, and maybe the spinoff movies are the way to do that. It's like cut down the cast a little bit, focus on a few characters at a time. I think I can enjoy those a lot better. You cut down, um, the and then by the time, time we all get back together, maybe there's actually more there that I can get invested in. We we could have had a lot more time with everybody else in this thing. I wouldn't have been upset at all if they would have like have the amount of time we got with Cole and his family, and gave us. Any more time with Shang Tsung, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Jax, literally anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would even like to see the Scorpion movie where he's going through hell. Yeah. In yeah. another realm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's stories to that, too. Like, I mean, that's the whole, like, Quan Chi story. Quan Chi. Okay. Yeah. Tell him yeah. another realm. Like, they could do that. Quan Chi and Shinnok, they could fuck with that story and tell Scorpions. Yeah. Like, they have the makings here to make a franchise. It's just, well... WB dropped the ball again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see which movie they do next. If it's just going to be a straight up like Mortal Kombat 2, or if we're going to get spinoff movies first. Like, I really want to see what their plan is. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that there actually is one, but I'm hoping there's something but, of a plan. I mean, they keep talking about other movies, but I don't know. I'm assuming they have some sort of idea what those other movies are. They're just not announcing what they are. So until we well, get they the obviously don't have Johnny Cage cast yet. Right. Or not when they filmed it, at least. Otherwise, you would have got to see him. Right. That would have been a really just... fun reveal at the end of the movie, who Johnny Cage is. But yeah. I feel like they didn't reveal him not because they didn't cast it, but because based on the success, they were seeing how, who could we afford. That's a, probably a better <laughs> point. Yes. If this made a shit ton of money, the actors you can grab for that go up. The, you know, the list gets bigger. Yeah. It's like they're holding out for like the off chance they could have gotten the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so sound, uh, sorry, Andy, where were you saying we were going to spin off to special effects? Is that what you want? Oh yeah. We, we started talking about the, the, the finishing moves and stuff. I thought that was yeah, a pretty good let's transition go there. to do special effects. So go ahead. You take it. Me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, the special effects were actually really fucking good in this. Like really fucking good. Like my favorite part of this movie were the special effects just the 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 finishing moves were fantastic although i didn't necessarily agree with the arcana in the story like the applications of the the arcana were awesome 
Now, were you like me, and were you worried at all that the special effects might be awful? Yes. Going in. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> there was honestly only... like, there was only one moment where I thought the special effects were kind of chintzy, and that's when uh, Kung Lao comes out of the ground, spins up, and like kind of kind of oh, yes. back down. And I was like, "That's very CG." But that was the only mm-hmm. point that I was like, "Uh, that See, looks like I... a video game." <laughs> Um, I, I had that moment in the like that first opening bit where I was worried because the first time we see Sub Zero like kind of try to use his powers like he's learning what's going on with them like to me it looked really weird. After that, it looked normal and looked fine, but like that first time they show him doing it, I was like, "That looks off." You know, what I mean, like it just was like, "Oh, he has some weird ice growing out of his." Like, what's going on right now? Yeah, see, I wonder if that was just, like, a mistake or they're trying to say, okay, he's learning, so it looks weird because he doesn't know how to form good ice. Yeah. You know, good-looking ice, because that's what it's all about. If your move isn't cool-looking, I don't care. (laughs) Kano Beam fucking rocks. (laughs) Um, I yelled beam. when I I just rewatched it today. Every time he did it, I yelled beam. (laughs) I was so hyped for it. Of course you would. Um, Yeah, the the Kano... I th- I thought the one that that sort of annoyed me, as far as special effects wise, was Cabal, because all he did was the dash 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 thing, and I was just like classic um, Cabal player. Oh no, yeah, and he's having yeah, and he's having flashbacks from when <laughs> yeah, someone used Cabal like against Matt, him in Mortal like Kombat. Matthew just kicking the shit out of me with the dash 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 <laughs> thing, and then once I start I mean, once I start stopping that, he just spams um, sweep. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> um, and he's getting PTSD uh, from watching this yeah. movie. The dragon <laughs> like, was really like the cool. one nice thing about. Yeah. So one nice thing about the dash was it did set up the line for Cabal where he says like I could go slower, which I like. You know that little taunting stuff. Yeah. Like I like that they included like fighting game taunts. Like fuck you, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Kung Lao's hat was really awesome, and the special effects, obviously, when he cuts Nataro up, was pretty badass. Um, Jax's, Jax's, Jax finishing move where he crushes uh general reiko was pretty fucking badass um the w- another thing i didn't really necessarily care for i thought they made goro look a lot like an orc i i thought i was like holy shit they got the same dudes that did the warcraft scene yes yes <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what I like the warcraft movie i'm like that's yeah. an orc from warcraft i swear to god it is there's like a half second i didn't and, think it was goro i was like and, holy and shit it, they're even, doing a fucking multiverse in the first movie even <laughs> jess said oh my god he looks like an orc and i'm like yep. i don't even know that she's even seen warcraft so. <laughs> immediately after this is over Andy puts on Warcraft. It's like you gotta watch this. <laughs> <laughs> they they gave him too much bottom jaw, man. That's yeah, the, like it. It just. Uh, I I I'm sure I might think of something later, but I'll pass the buck to someone else for special effects. Okay. For me, my opinion comes down to how fucking amazing did Liu Kang's fireballs look? Um, like you know the the first movie in '95 gave us like a little flash of light when he hit Shang Tsung. That was pretty much all you got. Yeah. Here, we're getting full-on flaming... Like, it just looked like what you think a fireball would look like. Like, a real fireball would look like that. If somebody was able to throw fire, it was perfect. 
Like, I can't think of a better way to explain it. The bicycle kick looked a little, eh, but that's really tough to pull off and make look good. Yeah. But I also marked out because he did the move from the game. So I didn't <laughs> care. I was like, it's the move from the game, man. That's, he did it. That's true. That's true. Um, and the flaming dragon at the end, also, that was fucking cool. Um, Much better. I still than want Spawn. him to turn into a Mortal Kombat arcade machine and drop on somebody. That was a fatality in one of the games that he did, which I still don't understand that. Um, but I felt like Kung Lao was the entrance, maybe a little bit off, but most of the stuff with Kung Lao was amazing. Yep. Um, it's a tough character to pull off because he's got a blade hat that somehow doesn't cut his hands when he throws it around. It it doesn't make sense, but. It still worked. Um, I didn't personally like the way Melina looked. Um, I felt like they went over the top with like smearing her face with what was supposed to be blood. I it was that didn't need to be there. I I don't know. I I I did not like the makeup that they did on Melina. Um, when she opened her mouth, it looked cool. It looked yeah. You know, I mean that was cool, but just having the the I don't know the makeup was weird. Raiden's eyes threw me off a lot. Um, <laughs> it was it was just strange, you know what I mean? Like to have the glowing eyes the whole time. Yeah, I kind of was hoping that they would have him turn that off at some point, but they never did. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> for me, like I liked it because it, to me it felt like oh shit, movies got to the point where they can do that and it doesn't look like like it's fake. Like, I believe that's what his actual eyes are. That If I see that guy in real life, his eyes better fucking glow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, just, it was, to, to me, it was a little bit weird. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, the Sub-Zero's freeze effects and that final fight with Scorpion are fucking incredible when he creates the ice wall and throws him through it, when he, you know, like, just all of it is just awesome. Um, even when he freezes Jax's arms, like that was fucking cool. Like watching it just like slowly creep up the freezing in his arms. And then he just, it was awesome. And the blood mist that comes out when he shatters them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it was really well done, um, in those terms. I, I can't think of anything I'd really complain about CGI. Like, Reptile, even though I don't necessarily like the portrayal of Reptile in those in that form, it looked good. It did look good, yes. Like, you know, and when Kano rips the heart out, that looked cool. Like, I don't know, it just... I'm trying to find something to complain about CG-wise, and I'm like... Uh, okay, maybe when we get like that first introduction to Shang Tsung and the whole group in Outworld when he's on some random floating platform for god knows what fucking reason um it lo- that that you could get a bit of cg off of like the environment was a little bit was that, a, was that, that a one's stage? Where it's like okay that's all green screen was that an old stage i was wondering it seemed very like particular like, I wonder if, like, you fought in front of Shang Tsung like that at some point in one of the games. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't yes, be sur- kind of Portal uh, yeah. w- w- was the one stage. And there's a stage in Mortal Kombat 1 that I can't remember the name of, but it doesn't look like that. But you do fight in front of Shang Tsung, where he's sitting on a throne. Right, right. I mean, it's either that or they told someone, design me a brooding platform. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it was a strange 
look to it. But yeah, I mean, it, other than that, I I enjoyed the special effects. All right, Ian, what do you got? Um, oh uh, God, so yeah, um, every special effect related to fighting was fucking amazing. We, like I've mentioned, Keto Beam was fucking cool <laughs> as shit. Deflecting it with the hat, like that, all just worked. It looked really good. Like even like dinky robot arms felt. Like, they looked right. Like, they didn't look super fake. I was like, okay, I believe it. Like, you you punch like a baby, but, like, I call you baby <laughs> arms. It works. And then, you know, the transformation, I would have liked something different. It's not that it was a bad transformation, but I, I would have liked something different, I guess, with how his arms transformed. Maybe slightly more magical, maybe, I'm thinking. Or just, like, I guess I kind of wanted it, his arms, like, because they show part of the bolts popping out. I kind of wanted his arms to literally shatter into the new ones more, maybe, you know? Like, not how it kind of, like, literally, like, because the new arms, like, fisted their way through the old ones or something. You just wanted to say fisted. I, I did as soon as I thought, like, I could say fisted right now. <laughs> um, I thought um, the special effects for the MMA fight worked. Like, you know, like, they bled at the right time and stuff. Like, it didn't look, like, super, you know, because sometimes wrestling has, like, the really fake blood. Like, it worked there. They did a good job of establishing, like, okay... This guy gets his ass kicked all the time. He's a fucking loser. You know, they did a good job with the effects establishing that. I liked with Reptile the the flare. Like, I thought they did a good job of, like, having enough of him appear with the flare that it, like, made sense to me. Yeah. It didn't feel like, okay, we're now just going to show him. It was, like, built in. Like, they got the ray tracing or whatever the fucking tech they use to, like, make that work and look cool. Um... Like, Mike said with Molina, like, maybe the blood was a little overdone, but I think part of it is they wanted to try and establish, like, yeah, that there's teeth back there. She's fucked up. She's, like, bleeding all the time and shit or something. But she, you know, they did a good job just overall with that design because nothing else really about her special effects. It's just a woman with a penitentiary body there, like, absolutely ready to destroy you. I thought I was going to get a laugh for that line. Sorry. <laughs> I laughed internally. I, you know, I was ready for a pause, so I didn't know what to say right afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, all every execution was fantastic. Like, um, or fatality execution. What am I doing? Playing COD. <laughs> but like, you know, Jack's going full, like crushinator on him. It was fucking intense. Like, just like, Oh shit. This is a Gallagher sick it, you know, like, that's what that is. That's Gallagher. Like, and, you know, the, the fucking dragon. And I really like Scorpion when he's doing the breath. Like, they did a good job of giving him, like, Ghost Rider face going on, you know? Like, it, but it, it looks much better than Ghost Rider. It was a very cool transition. Yes. Yeah. And then, like we've mentioned, the ice fight at the end. I really like when they throw Sub-Zero into the frozen cage. Like, the a ice shatters, you know? Like, that was really cool. And, like, some movies, they wouldn't bother with it because no one's paying attention or... Hey, we could cut off five hundred grand right now to save by not animating that. <laughs> so I, I think they just they they knew where they had to put in the work to capture a Mortal Kombat movie. They weren't setting out to make the greatest written story or something. They wanted a cool fighting movie, and they were like, "Well, Mortal Kombat has all this cool shit in it. Let's spend the special effects budget. Let's get maybe lesser known actors and directors and writers and fuck. Let's let them go wild, you know." Yeah, I think it it worked for me. Like even even someone that's not like like really enjoying gory movies, like it was fine. I was cool with it. I think they they did a good job of capturing the energy of the game and what the games bring as far as the fights and stuff like that. So I think that worked. Um, same with these guys. I think I think the the one that sticks out to me is yeah, Kung Lao coming through the floor is one that feels janky to me. Um, 
some of the reptile fight, I think, still also feels kind of janky to me. Like, it's, and I don't know what the solution is, but like movies that have to have some sort of cloaked individual be in a fight, you know, and you can tell that the actors that are there on set are just swinging at nothing. So they're like, some of the eyelines don't line up, some of the swings don't line up, they're just swinging at air, and you just put in the character later, and some of that stuff just feels janky to me. But I don't know how, like, I don't know how to rectify that. I will say one thing with that, like, I first watched this movie on my TV, which I think is, like, a higher contrast setting, then I watched it on my monitor, which I think is a little darker. Yeah. And I, that fight scene felt better with, like, a darker screen, you know? Yeah, I could get that. I don't know yeah. if that, I think that might just help hide it, honestly. That might be the difference. Right. It just hides some of that. But I did think, like, that, was that, well, that out of everything in the movie, rewatching it like that, this quickly, that's what stood out to me was the reptile fight was a lot different viewing experience. Well, to like what you said with like putting the flare on him, I thought that part of it was cool. Like giving mm-hmm. him some sort of light while they can look at something and still fight something. Then it looked like it matched up for me. But everything when he's f- fully cloaked and they're just swinging around the room, that felt stupid. Um, I mean, isn't that how it would really be, though, with an invisible character? Even I guess. I don't know. It's just it it felt janky. I don't, I don't know I think how else it's to describe like- it. That's how it would look, but that's not what I want from my movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it's just, I feel like if they can't see him and they are trying to hit him, they wouldn't be looking right at him because they don't know where he's at. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I could get that explanation. Um, I was trying to think, too. Are there any explosions? I don't know if I remember really any explosions in this movie. Um, So I include when Goro... Intestines explode out. That's a good explosion. Ten out of ten explosions. <laughs> um, when the ice comes shattering down, the ice explodes on the ground on impact. Ten out of ten explosion. <laughs> a beam of energy shooting out of your eye explodes out of the eye. Ten out of ten explosion. I feel like you're reaching. Perfect here. explosion movie. Feel like you're reaching here. I'm reaching like Liu Kang. I am fucked. Like Kano reach for that heart. <laughs> So that was a reach. trying to make the segues. I mean, every time Liu Kang throws a, throws a fireball, that's an explosion. Boom, fire explosion. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> fire. All right. Um, Fire's a combustible reaction, and all explosions are combustible reactions. <laughs> um. Anything else for special effects? I would like to add a couple of things. I thought Raiden's lightning effects were really cool, like his teleportation. Yes. And uh, just yeah, a lot of like the things that he was actually allowed to do were pretty cool and i also really thought that the the shadowy um portals that shang sun made were very cool as well yeah yeah because almost every character in this movie teleports at some point and i thought they all <laughs> looked cool and they all worked yeah 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 agreed um the only other thing i can think of is i'm very glad that so like scorpion spear was not cg even though, like, some of, like, the action with it, I'm sure, was, you know, post. Oh, for sure. But it was it, it was a spear. It was a spearhead that he was throwing around and not a sentient being living inside of him or something. So I appreciate that end of it where... Really hung it, up on this original yeah, movie. <laughs> that always bothered me. It made no sense and it looked horrible when he just puts his fist out. Like he's, he's a ninja from Outworld. Who gives a shit where the spear comes from? He's a ninja from Japan. Earthrealm, not the, Outworld. In the first movie, he's supposed to be like some Outworldy ninja, right? 
He's got yeah, superpowers, I mean, so he gets a spear that comes out of his hand. It's, it's, uh, chalk it up to, like, weird powers. Arcana. Yeah, but I mean, like, it it's always <laughs> been a rope. Like, it was... I don't know. Like, I don't know why they made the decision not to have it just be a, a rope with a spear on it. Like, it... They had money in the budget. The, they were like, look at how this cool this special effect is going to be. People are going to love this. <laughs> I, I dug it. I mean, I don't Funnily know. enough, that's probably the best special effects in that movie that still holds up. <laughs> I thought they did Goro pretty well. In the you talking about ninety five one? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that was that was practical. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, they actually built Goro. Yeah, that was. You don't build Goro in a day, <laughs> right? Um, actually, the other special effect that sort of just jumped at me trying to remember is some of Sonya's unnecessary flips looked really janky to me too like the the fight in the rep, with the reptile fight when they have to throw the knife at her and she does an unnecessary like weird flip in the air to catch it and have to stab him that well I mean weird she did I mean they also didn't need to have him throw a knife to her and stuff yeah but I like that it, it looked cool to me I was like yeah I don't know that, with this. that pulled me out of it a little bit up until that well, moment. that's probably also I think the only part where they do the like the like half speed slow down yeah maybe too like that's the only time I think it's used in the movie they go slow mo is that scene when she like comes that, in to kill Melina does she come in in slow mo or does she just like flip in out of nowhere because that one felt oh. like unnecessary like what the fuck just like jump in or something like I don't know I think what, she yeah. just flipped in she needs got hey do fl- do the flippy shit <laughs> she needs like <laughs> more flair shit. when she enters the room <laughs> although when she has the arm cannons like the arm rings or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them that was pretty badass that looked cool yes it's the unnecessary yeah. flippy stuff to me that's just like okay <laughs> all right you sound like an 80s wrestling purist maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right our last category is soundtrack anybody want to ju- jump in on soundtrack okay so the best song in the movie is the end credits theme which is the remix of the original Mortal <laughs> song it's fucking amazing I was dancing the whole time I jumped out of my bed the first time and started fucking grooving to it yelling finish him and shit so it was fucking awesome I did the same thing but I jumped out of my chair this time upon second viewing because it fucking rocked my fucking world it rocked my world so hard that like even Goro couldn't shake me I was shook I was utterly impressed with that musical choice. And then every single fight scene had killer banging songs I could fight to. I was like, this is a song that could be in a fighting game and I'd be pretty fucking happy about it. And I really like that. I think this is one of those movies where the fighting music stood out to me. Maybe because some of it was taken from the old games and remixed or something, but it all worked and it all felt super cool. And like when like the when they're using the music to establish like the, the villain starting the fight or something, it's more ominous. I think they had a very good job with the mood of like who's in control fight wise with the music. Yeah. Gotcha. That's all I have to say about music. <laughs> uh Mike, what do you think? I mean, I mentioned my only real note on that earlier where you get that, you know, kick in of the original, you know, soundtrack song when Scorpion comes back. Just perfect execution there. That was amazing. That was one of the more hype movement moments in a movie in a long time. Well, I'd say it was flawless. Yes. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I mean, other than that, I personally, I don't really recall much of the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah. But I'd have to listen to it again. Yeah, I feel like to get the full beat on what happened with the music, I agree with Mike. 
the one part that stands out is when Scorpion throws the spear and says, get over here, and it kicks in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the rest of it, I recall not hitting it, but I don't recall it now, so I couldn't have liked it that much to say that it was good, but it it, it, it didn't throw me out of anything. Yeah, I don't think that's probably the best description I could give, too, as far as the movie soundtrack. It's like, that's the most memorable mo- moment for me as well. And the end credits music, yes, that I was I was down for that one. But yeah, like Andy said, nothing pulled me out of it, but I also don't have anything to like remember from it. So yeah, I'd have to like I I should start making the time every time we're gonna talk about movies like this and specifically talk about soundtracks, is just try to find the soundtrack somewhere and try to listen to it before doing because I think if I hear the soundtrack outside of watching the movie, I'll be able to pick up on more. When I'm watching the movie, I'm so watching the movie that I'm not hearing the soundtrack as much so there might be more in right. there that i enjoy i just haven't paid attention to it and Does i this think have anything like non-mortal combat related that was like license i don't i, don't I didn't pick it up had, on any song oh yeah I don't, two, I don't think it had two song credits at the end one of them was the mortal combat song from the original one and the other one was i can't even remember what the fuck it was honestly but it, it had two two song credits yeah, because you're right. I don't think I remember any like needle drops of mm-hmm. popular songs anywhere, which I kind of liked because everyone's yeah. kind of been doing that. Yeah, and I feel like a soundtrack like this, if you do what Brian just explained that he he wants to do, or, like listen to a soundtrack after he sees the movie, I feel like a good soundtrack will make you remember the part of the movie it's from. Yes, I agree. You know, like if you put on the soundtrack to a movie. You'd be like, oh, this is such and such a theme. Like, oh, this is Shang Sun's theme. Or like, oh, this is Scorpion's theme. You're like, you just you remember it. And I feel like if quite the opposite, if you throw that on and you're like, I don't remember this shit at all, then yeah. that's not really a, a, a great soundtrack. If so. you listen to a soundtrack outside a movie that makes you think of a character or a scene, it's yeah. doing its job. Exactly. I agree. Um, all right, so I guess that's it for our categories. Let's wrap it up with our rating. So, out of ten, uh, what would you guys rate the movie? And give me a little explanation why you settled on that number. Uh, 8.5. And this is... I love this from a fan's perspective. There's a lot of fan service here. It's what I want out of a Mortal Kombat movie, with the exception, I guess, of Cole. Um, and that's why this is not a 10 is because Cole exists Cole in this movie. 1.5 for you. <laughs> yeah. Cole's dropping the score a bit, but I mean, they did so much. So right. They were more faithful, um, than I thought, you know, a movie might be for mortal Kombat, yeah. and they did a really damn good job of, you know, the, the characters we know and love and portraying them pretty well with one exception of Natara, which is. You know, she's cool and all, but, I mean, she's not a major player in their grand scheme of things. So, it's, you know, it's like, it's disappointing if you're a fan of the character the way that I am, but it's also not that big of a deal. So, other than that, I mean, they nailed it for somebody that's a fan of the game, in my opinion. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, Andy, you want to go next? Um, I felt like there was a... I felt like I had pretty high expectations for this movie based on what everyone had sort of told me before I watched it. Um, people had, who had seen it before me. Yeah. And um, there are things that I think are pretty dreadful in this, Cole in the story, 
are pretty big players in the movie. So uh, I'm going to come in at a six. Okay. Um, which I think is pretty low according to my scale. Usually I, I'm a little bit more forgiving. Um, there are things that I love about this movie, like the special effects, the fight scenes, the, the, um, choreography all fucking top-notch loved all that and like the nostalgia aspect of it but i hated the story and cole so much that i had to (laughs) bring it down to a six jeez cutting deep yeah like i like anytime he was on the screen i'm like why 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 (laughs) um ian this movie was absolutely magical. It's made me feel things few movies have made me feel in a long time. And it's, I think, a really special thing to do to have an art grab you in that way, to really twist you up inside and rip out your intestines for the world to see on display. Um, like we've said throughout, I thought the CG was brilliant. I thought a lot of the characters did their jobs. The director did what he had to do. There was like a lot of attention to detail. Like um, in the very beginning of the movie, where Hanzo's crawling towards his like crying infant after everyone else is dead. Like you can see the grass and the fibers like on his like clothing. And I was like, wow, I that was really impressive to me. Thank God for this 4K experience presented by HBO Max that I can see this wonderful grass on it. And I. Everything came together outside of the story kind of sucked balls once I realized how much better a Mortal Kombat story could be. But at the end of the day, I've watched this twice and I would watch it again right now. It's a nine for me. Okay. I wasn't sure if you'd go ten or not, but that's still pretty high. Um, You can't go ten. Cole exists. That's a fair point. It's not a perfect movie. Like. Yeah, I think I'm more in line with Andy. I think... uh, Story is a big thing for me. I Stories can be very forgiving if I really get into the story and appreciate what they did with the story. I think the story has a lot of holes and it's very much lacking. And to me, that drops it pretty far. Um, and I think the the inconsistent tone for me throws me for a loop too. And I, I don't know what the movie's, I guess, trying to do. Like, again, I think it starts one place and ends up somewhere completely different. And I, I kind of wanted a little bit more uniform tone the whole way through. And I think where it ended up was sort of, I guess, what I sort of expected maybe coming in, like where I thought it might end up is like the more campy, we're just going to have fun with a fighting movie thing. Um, but when you start the movie the way it did, I really thought they were going to lean into the serious tone, which I don't think they stuck with. Um, but everything else I think was pretty good. I think most of the characters are largely forgettable, but they're fine. Um, Cole has issues. Yeah, I think he could he could be a little bit more fleshed out and somehow like him more i don't like he's not unlikable but for whatever reason i still don't like him well it's he's a down on his luck loser that they never build back up really that's yeah that's a good way to put it yes that's true um like i don't even what's his real job yeah because from what i can tell his wife supports his unhealthy (laughs) lifestyle of getting his ass kicked at three hours notice yeah and and i feel like he's one of those characters that falls ass backwards and that whatever good thing happens to him yeah and that's actually a good point that I had not really thought of until you guys just brought it up. So that's even more like, what the fuck is this story? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 actually gonna go right in. I thought I might be a little bit more generous, but I'm gonna go right in line with Andy and give it a six. I think that's where I'm gonna land for this one. I think I think there's potential here. Like I do want to see what these movies do next. 
Um, and it hasn't turned me off from the franchise or anything. I am going to see whatever they do next and see where this story goes. Consider, you know, assuming it's compounding on top of what they did here. I think it's a good enough groundwork to see where it goes. And I think, like Ian said, maybe this will come back around later once they have other movies under their belt that this one might play a little bit better from where it goes from here. But, you know, we won't know that until years down the line. So we'll have to wait and see kind of thing. But, yeah, that's where I'm at. Anything, I, I, last call for anything for Mortal Kombat? I, I feel like this movie suffers from such, a, it has such, a, like, a rich history and lore that I feel like it's almost like Tommy Boy when he gets, you know, like, he's like, whick, whick, and, like, kills that, kill that biscuit. Like, they get so <laughs> excited to put everything they can possibly put into it. I feel like they need to sort of slow their roll a little bit yeah. and, and introduce things at, at a slower pace. And I think that, to me, would hit on a better note Yeah, for me. I, I think I'd agree with that. I agree. Because I think part of the problem is, is you need like at least 10, maybe like 8, 10 total fighters, and you can't get enough screen time to care about all of them in two hours. Right. Right. You just can't do it. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's it for us. So if you've uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. Uh, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher. Uh, hopefully, anywhere you find a podcast, you can find us. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy Super Friends. Go to facebookcom slash Friends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, hit us up uh, in an email, Friends at gmail.com. I checked it last week, still nothing, so you know, feel free to hit, our, hit bring our inbox in. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BG BGSuperFriends. Uh, that we'll see, that we'll talk to you on. Um, feel free to follow me on Twitch, Jedi Guy. that's Jedi with an I, Bri with a Y. Uh, so whenever fun. we decide to go <laughs> live, uh, we will do it there. Uh, catch me occasionally trying to stream, sort of whenever I feel like it. I don't have a schedule or anything, but whenever I want to turn the camera on and go, well, that's what we'll do. Uh, on behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> I just peaked entirely. <laughs> it's just solid. It's just a solid blue chunk. Well done. I, I actually didn't think anybody would do it, so kudos. <laughs> I feel like I gotta, I'll have to find a place to use that somewhere in the episode. I can put it at the end. Like, it'll just, just end with that. Then if someone wants to start going... I like it.